The Priestess and the Cauldron, a podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Well, hello there. <laughs> we never know. It's either hello or hello. <laughs> we, uh, we are in unusual festive spirits today. We've been giggling and dancing oh. up and being silly and eating cookies. So hey. we're in rare form today. Yes, and I have to give a plug. The cookies we have been eating <laughs> are from Trader Joe's. They are coffee, coca, batons. Yeah. They are Awesome. Yeah. At first I thought, meh, these are okay. And then by the time I had finished the first one, I was like, give me all of the cookies. She at one point actually asked, please take them away. <laughs> so between our tea, caffeinated, of course, mm-hmm. and our cookies, sugar, we are, what do we say, fly without uh, mm-hmm. any problems. Yep. So here we are with our topic is divination. Divination. And, and the premiere of the Ask a Witch segment. Yes. Woo-hoo. So we'll do our check-in, and then we're going to explore prophecy and divination. Oh, prophecy. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so obviously I get to ask the same question on a regular basis. <laughs> How was your week? Well, it was a good week. Um, I finished watching The Vampire Diaries today. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Binge watched them to the end, right? Well, I've been watching it for a few years. I didn't. I wasn't one of those people who got on board at the beginning. It took me a while, and and then I, you know, binge-watched, like, five seasons and was hooked. Right. Uh, and I didn't realize that this season that just got released onto Netflix is the final season. Ooh. And I was two seasons behind, so I watched all of, I guess, season seven, and then all of season eight, and it finished today, and I was, there's this scene, oh, I probably shouldn't say anything because it's a spoiler. Ooh. ooh. Well, there's this scene where... I'm just going to do it. If you don't want the end of the Vampire Diaries, go la, 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 la with your ears. Don't listen. There's this scene where Bonnie, who's a, a beautiful African-American witch, mm. right? She saves everyone's asses. I'm going to get teary-eyed. Okay. Do you want me to get tissues? No, it's not that dramatic. Okay. So she's like, I can't do it by myself. And then she looks next to her, and her grandmother, who has died many seasons ago, right. is there holding her hand. Oh, wow. Well. all of a sudden, all of these powerful African-American ancestors are standing behind her. I was like, I, I was crying. I was like, this is so awesome. This is like powerful black women, witchcraft. Like, oh, it was so great. Mm-hmm. You know, all the other vampire story ends and they tie up all the ends or whatever. Right. That moment. Right. With all of those powerful black women and them, you know, fighting the good fight. And I was like, ah. black women saving our asses again. Yeah. I just, it, I felt so heart opened by that. And I right. know it's, you know, silly TV or whatever, but it it just made me so happy. <laughs> anyway, so that's how my week is. Wow. <laughs> On top of work and all of the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I took some time to watch Vampire Diaries. Oh, there you go. How well, about you? me? <laughs> Gee. Well, I I had to uh, buck up and deal with some dental situations Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of put my big girl panties on. I love that (laughs) from one of my southern ladies that I have read for. And it was interesting. You know, there were certain things. And and obviously, I will explain this because I'm supposed to do this before the show next week right on a Thursday so I am uh, assuming with all great capacities I will be here I might burble a little I don't know how it's going to how I'm going to speak right but I will tell you that I asked him that when he took the tooth out I wanted the tooth yeah and he looked at me and he goes you're not going to put it back in. 
And I looked at him like, what? You know, and he goes, I've had people do that, and that's why I'm not crazy about letting people have their teeth. I said, I don't want to put it back in. Why would I pay you that kind of money to take it out to put it back in? And he looked at me, and he kind of went, hmm. And I didn't say very much more except that it's part of my belief. And he just kind of went, Okay. They have no idea they're going to be working on a witch, so let's just, you know, not give them any concerns. But uh, it was funny. It was very funny, especially when he said that to me. I was just so stunned, like, are you really kidding me? When I was 17, I had my wisdom teeth pulled, Mm -hmm. uh, and they were all still under, so Mm -hmm. they had to do, I'd have surgery. Right. But they gave me all four of the teeth, and they were all still whole. Oh, wow. To extract them without right. breaking them. Right. And I had some complications afterwards, but mm-hmm. I ended up using one of those teeth in a spell uh-huh. to help with the healing process. Ah, so I was thank very you. grateful that they gave me those teeth. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, <laughs> there's another <laughs> in Rotor Park right now who has my teeth buried in their yard. <laughs> <laughs> Do we leave things where we've been? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not the best plan, but, you know, that was... <laughs> 20 years ago, so I'm not too worried about dry sockets returning or anything. No, and on top of which, it's probably dissolved because I had a, when my father, we were young, he bought a uh, boat, Mm. and it was an indoor, uh, what they call an inboard Chris Craft, and it was an 18-footer, and it wasn't a big thing, but we went out for the maiden voyage, and I think my brother was, uh, what, eight? And I was maybe 10 or somewhere in that age bracket. And we had our life jackets on, of course, and had a little cabin. So we were in the cabin, and we come up. And, well, because they had the bait tank out, we had some shark that decided they wanted to be with this particular bait tank. Wow. And so they got pissed off. The guys got pissed off, my dad and and a couple of other gentlemen that were there. And so they decided they were going to try and, and, you know, get the the shark. So. <clears throat> they gassed the shark, and they kept holding it out of the water, thinking they were going to suffocate it. And, of course, the shark wasn't happy, which is, yeah. you know, obvious. And banging the, the side, and we're in the cabin thinking we're going to die tomorrow, you know, right now. And, oh, my gosh. And so we eventually it did wind up um, dying, and they brought it. we brought it back. And, you know, we had shark steaks for... I would tell you at least 10 years. Wow. And the other gentleman took the teeth mm-hmm. and he, you know, the jaw and everything, but he wanted to get the, the meat and everything off. So he buried it and he left it in there and he forgot about it. Yeah. He, you know, didn't take it out right away. And he went back and, of course, the teeth had all been taken and, eat, you know, dissolved, eaten by the little oh. bugs and animals. So your tooth probably isn't there. Oh, interesting. I thought teeth would last a lot longer than that. Not in, in those areas where you would probably have little bugs and things that sort of eat off the calcium and the stuff like that. Delicious. So I thought, wow, okay. But there's my, you know, sort of a roundabout story to tell you that your tooth probably isn't <laughs> there. But, okay. um, you know. yeah, so that was pretty much my big my big excursion, and the rest of it is, you know, like, okay, what are we going to do this week? It's divination, and I'm hey. like, oh, yay. And, of course, then a, the, the number of uh, responses we had were, were incredible, and uh-huh. so that was, you know, uh, a big thing to go through all of the, the different ones and narrow it down so we could actually do. To get through them, yeah. To get through them, yeah. so. Nice. Uh, yeah, so. Onward. Divination. Yeah. Which is a kind of a huge topic. Uh, you know, just because anything could become a, a way to divine. Mm-hmm. Anything could be a, a way to look at prophecy or what have you. Right. And so it's, um, you know, I think it's how we approach this. And there's we're both professional readers. Mm-hmm. So this is something we both do as part of our living. Yes. And... We both read the tarot. Yes. Are there other things you do with your professional readings or for your personal reading? Well, you know, my professional readings, I have my pendulum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it gets to a point where I need a real yes, no, or right. some of that, I will use the pendulum. I have always wanted to use it as a way to, because um, there are charts. There's a, there was all these wonderful charts that I found in a particular book and things that you can get for, you know, divining through the pendulum, um, different things about uh, vitamins and things, or, you know, an aversion of the Ouija board. 
yeah. is that you do a actual alphabet. Right. And then you let the pendulum in. I have to say that one of my uh, three witches or the two witches and myself that came together as a little mini coven, uh, one of them actually, that's what she did. She had a board that her teacher had, you know, instructed her and, and told her how to use, and we did that mm. in the sacred space, and actually that's how Hakate came to us. Oh. And so... I do know that, you know, so, but it takes a little bit longer than somebody who's going to be on the phone, which is a lot of our readings, for 30 minutes while I'm sitting there <laughs> trying to get, pendulum. you know, my pendulum, because it's not a fast, you know, it yeah. doesn't come quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and, you know, I've, I've puttered with oracle cards, and I've puttered with uh, different kinds of things that, you know, kind of pull my interest, but I, I have found the tarot opens the door yeah completely yeah. and quickly yeah and so i don't you know what's the saying don't mess with it if it's not broke don't try I to just fix it i said that to a client today if you so what if it worked keep doing it exactly yeah. and you know cuz i think we get really into the well let's see how we can do something better right and i know we like to try new things and that's why i'm willing to you know mm-hmm. use different tools but I just look at it going, I need to have answers. As a matter of fact, I had a client today, took my dogs to the groomers, and she's she was a little longer than normal. So instead of doing my reading either at my office or home, I did it on the seat of my car. Yeah. And I pulled my cards, and I'm talking to her, and I'm thinking as the people are walking <laughs> walking by who knows what they're thinking yeah but it's just that was what was part of the yeah i've done that quite a few times. yeah i know stop the car pull it over do our thing yeah i noticed uh for myself anyway i have a i have a, a i shun or shy away mm-hmm. from the word psychic yes and i think i was i was pondering on this on the way here you know because i have this piece of paper now that says phoenix best psychic and I, it's so weird because that word brings feelings with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I was trying to discern why. And I think what it is is that psychic makes it seem like I possess some fabulous skill that sets me apart from other people. And I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. I think all of us have this ability. It's just for some of us it's, it's buried or we're afraid of it mm-hmm. or it's something we haven't practiced. Mm-hmm. And I think for some people it's a highly attuned, very strong skill of mm-hmm. people who can, you know, see auras and, and have a different experience mm-hmm. of, of psychicism mm-hmm. or whatever. But if you practice any system of divination, if you pra- if you do enough readings, you start to tap into this sort mm-hmm. of universal well. Yeah, it's nothing I have access to above anyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the word psychic makes me feel like, oh, I I have this special power, mm-hmm. and I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. So I always I tend to use the the title, you know, title of of reader. Yes, because that for me feels. You know, like all of us could do that. Yeah, well, and, you know, being a reader allows you less them and us, which mm-hmm. is what you're, you know, you're describing, and I, I feel the same way yeah. about the word psychic. It's also, um, unfortunately, got a negative connotation right. of a scammer. Right. You know, and a fortune teller. Right. And that's probably, you know, you know, again, we're getting into the definitions, which is, you know, divination, prophecy, uh, fortune telling. What is it? What are the differences with these different yeah. words or terms that allow us to use what we do in the world and, and describe it? Because right. obviously, talking to people, I don't run right out and tell them, oh, I'm a, a tarot reader or, oh, I'm a, a spiritualist or a psychic for a lot of reasons. First of all, I want them to know me and then understand where that feeling for me is about, and then I can talk to them about what I do yeah. rather than all of a sudden throwing this term out and whatever it is, and they're they're automatically going to kick into it. Right. So. Right, and I for for tarot, I have two schools of teaching that I sort of pull upon, mm-hmm. and one of them is that that rather um, oh the words not popping into my brain that more traditional 
fortune teller mm-hmm. type reading mm-hmm. where this card means this thing. Mm-hmm. It's very black and white. It's very cut and dry. Mm-hmm. And on and more often than not, it's related to your future in your career, your future in love, and that you know that's mm-hmm. kind of it. Mm-hmm. And then I have my more spiritual background and my more spiritual teachings that look at the full energy of what that card could be connected to, right. how it interplays between the other cards. Right. And if this card is with this card, it means something different than if it's with this other card. Right. And so I, I use both of those things that sort of very, okay, very traditionally, this is what you need to watch mm-hmm. out for. However, you've got this ally over here. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. I feel like I right. don't. I'm not using one school of of divination when it comes to reading the tarot. I'm mm. kind of incorporating the different systems I've been shown over the mm. years. And that's why it becomes, you know, somebody wants to know, well, how do I learn how to do tarot? How do I learn how to read the cards? How do, and uh, I used to be very specific, just like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. This is what this card means, yeah. and this is what this card means. And, you know, the the system that I learned from was the Builders of the Adidam, which is a Paul Foster case referencing. And I, you know, had the decants, and I had mm-hmm. uh, the, the different ones that it, it related to in groups, and I learned all of that. But then I began to realize that that's one level. Yeah. And then there's another level of what the cards tell you as a story. This is yeah. this is what it is. Yes, it can be, you know, death. Yeah, you're gonna die. You got you got that that's it, it's done, it's over. Bummer. Sorry, buddy. Yep. And then again it also has the death rebirth process and the scorpionic aspects because it's, you know, the card of Scorpio and all these different things that suddenly take on the nuances. And I think that both you and I come with the concept that world is a nuance. It is not as black and white. Um, People want it. And, of course, when they want readings, they they want a black and white answer. You know, this person's mine and they're mine until we both drop dead. You know, and I better... He better or she better be the one that drops dead first because right. I'm going to, you know, that kind of thing. And you, you kind of go, excuse me, we have a nuance here yeah. of growth. Yeah. Well, and, I, and the way I read and the way I look at the world is we all have authority. We all have free will. That's my belief. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't have that belief, then you're going to be a very different reader than I am. Right. That's, neither of us is right. That's just how I am, yeah. you know. But – the way I look at it is we all have free will. So when I do this reading for you right now, the energy you're expressing right now, mm-hmm. what is coming through right now mm-hmm. is showing me this. Mm-hmm. However, now that you have this information, yeah. this could all completely change because exactly. now you know and you have insight. And so mm-hmm. if this is really shitty, you can avoid it or fix it. Right. If this is really great, then you can see the signs along the way and not mm-hmm. get discouraged when it's not unfolding as fast or as easily as you might want it to, right. you know? Right. So I feel like readings are also a way to get um, information mm-hmm. and allyship and course correction exactly. on paths that we're heading down. Exactly. Nothing is set in stone because I don't believe that our lives are set in stone. I, I don't necessarily believe in fate. Mm-hmm. We can change where we're headed. Mm-hmm. And having information is power, and knowing the information is going to change your trajectory. Right. At least that's what I believe. Well, I mean, okay, we're gonna, I'm going to pull it out of divination and put it into a more modern-day terminology of what's going on in our world. Mm-hmm. Our world is we learn history. Now, yes, history is, quote, written by the victors, but there are events and situations that are recorded, and by recording them, mm-hmm. And each person, whatever they're recording, is doing it with a particular view. Um, you will get a fuller understanding of that particular set of events, and thus you will hopefully, with that information, course correct mm-hmm. and not go down the same path. Well, you, one would hope. We hope. <laughs> so that being said, the same idea is humans. Whether they're we're talking political, we're talking religious, we're talking any of these different big pictures, humans in their own environment, everyday life, have the same ability. They can go down the same path 
Over and over and over and over again. Groundhog Day. Yes. Or they can eventually change it. Yeah. And the point is changing it by just a degree changes everything. Right. And that's sort of the thing as well. You know, we should probably talk about other ways to do Uh divination, right? But, But I think we are given the same opportunities over and over again. And if you find yourself facing the same situation over and over again, try doing something different than you did the last time. Right. 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 And that's kind of how divination can show up and and say, well, here is something else you should try or here is someone you should be reaching out to or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. So with that, what are their aspects of divination? What are there as bone readings? And I would say, we're going to name like a dozen or so things, but anything could be divination. Anything course. could be divination. Of course, yeah. Of yeah. course. As a matter of fact, one of the things I talk to my clients about is, you know, ask the question and then walk outside mm-hmm. and be open yeah. to what comes across to you. Yeah. I mean, people, we know this, they write films, TVs, scripts, books. Uh, with the same thing, they walk outside and a bus goes by and says, Harvey, hi, or whatever, yep. and they go, oh, my goodness, you know, yep. that kind of thing. Yep. That is the point of being open to the world around you, and that's what our ancestors yeah. were. They, they, they knew to be open to their environment yeah. and to listen to see. I call it the urban vision quest. Yes. You focus on what you need. Maybe you put yourself into a little bit of an altered state through, mm-hmm. ch- through chanting mm-hmm. or a little bit of trance, and then you go out for a walk, and you see a number, a name, a color, something mm-hmm. that's going to answer that, that question. I see runes in the world yeah, all the time. Runes are everywhere. Right. Everywhere. See? Yeah. And th- Speaking of systems of divination, right, there you go. We have the runes. The runes. Right? Which is hilarious to me that runes have become such a huge <laughs> thing because it's just an alphabet. That's it. <laughs> it's just an alphabet of an old language, and we use it as a system of divination. We could just as easily do that with the English alphabet. Mm-hmm. Why the hell not? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's because the English alphabet doesn't have a secondary meaning. But it could. It could. Right. And we could maybe that would be something for someone or one of us to do later on in our yeah, lives. I have a million freaking dollar idea. We should put together a divination system based off of the English language. Yeah, my goodness. There we are. Because, you see, <laughs> the Hebrew language, each one of the letters, yeah. Dallas, is door. Right. All right. right. So it's, it has more than the letter. It has a totally complete meaning. Right. And we, which kind of makes me wonder, uh, the the thought comes up, the English language, mm-hmm. as it has evolved to now, has become one-dimensional. Sure. And we used to have a language, because if you read Old English and you look at the letters... Read Old English, you're funny. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to read Old English. <laughs> Uh, but it would be something to look at and see where they have meanings for the particular mm-hmm. letters. We just have stopped using them. We have right. stopped even knowing about mm-hmm. them. I feel a project coming on. I'm writing myself a note. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, okay. So, le- alphabets. Alphabets, we yes. stumbled on a new thing. Well, you know, one of the things that I know now, Raven Gramasi has been a very prolific writer yes. of the Strega tradition, the yes. Italian Mediterranean tradition, and one of his books has the star language, the star alphabet, yes. and there are different Theban yes. alphabet, Theban. and these are different ones that have letters, but they have meaning. Right. So we do have mm-hmm. it. It just, we haven't made it common to the English language. And these are all systems that you could use to help mm-hmm. with divination. Mm-hmm. And I think Elvira mentioned already bones, yes. right? Using, gathering small objects that hold specific meanings and then throwing those bones. And there's two great books, one by Catherine Ironwood, and one by Michelle Jackson, mm-hmm. both about throwing the bones. One is called Throwing the Bones by 
Catherine Ironwood, yeah. and then Bones uh, and Socials and Curios yeah. by Michelle Jackson. And they're both really great. Uh, and Michelle Jackson's book even has um, drawings in it mm-hmm. of, okay, here's my my bone throw, and mm-hmm. here's how I read it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for folks who need kind of more abstract symbolism, mm-hmm. bone reading is really great. Mm-hmm. If you need more rules and structure, then tarot is better. Right. My, in my humble opinion. Well, I think I would tend to agree in yeah. my super humble. Yeah. There's also uh, animal divination, looking mm-hmm. at the patterns of how birds fly or how many birds there are mm-hmm. or whatever. So all of those things have different meanings depending on the tradition or the right. system that you might be looking at. What animal comes across your path right. and, you know, there are different things that are, are both, you know, uh, Native American mm-hmm. and Celtic and different versions of the that particular. Mm-hmm. So it cloud reading. Yep. You know, I, I went, <laughs> walked my dogs the other day and I, I look up and there's this cloud and it looks like segment looking at sideways and then suddenly from segment it turned into this you know you're gonna laugh unicorn (laughs) suddenly got a unicorn and i'm just like wow you know and to me these are important things in my particular um way of seeing life and what they meant to me so you stumbled on something right there Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so what we're all divination Mm -hmm. all of it Mm -hmm. is Taking a symbol and giving it meaning, exactly. right? And mm-hmm. then when that symbol shows up, when you see that symbol, it, it triggers that thing. Uh-huh. So you could make up your own divination system. You could come up with a whole new thing that's never been thought of before. Uh-huh. When yeah. it comes to these other systems that are already, the symbolism's already been decided. Right. So you either have to buy into that symbolism uh-huh. and learn it uh-huh. or decide, I'm just going to, free ball it and do however I want and now the two of cups doesn't mean the lovers it means I'm thirsty right you know right so yeah it's all about the symbolism and how you connect to that symbolism what it means for you and that's going to one's personal connection with the if we're going to use the spiritual energies Mm -hmm. that come through us and we either call it psychic or we call it uh, the ability to see the the connections. Because really what it is is it's connections that we basically are seeing right. in whatever we're looking at. And from that, we're speaking. Right. And I think both of us have a lot of what we're talking about we do all the time. Yeah. You know, sometimes people will just ask questions. And you'll start to talk, and what you're doing is, for lack of a better word, channeling. You're channeling the spiritual energies of information. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, when I when I go into a reading, and and I will say, for me at least, this is harder to do for myself mm-hmm. than it is for other mm-hmm. to do for other mm-hmm. people. And I tend to not read for myself when I have something really challenging I'm working through, but I mm-hmm. go to another reader. Mm-hmm. Because I need someone who's not in the emotional connection that I'm exactly. having, you know. But I feel like when I sit down for a reading, and, and in fact, this is what I do. I sit down to do a reading, and I breathe, and I ground myself, and I call upon those entities or, or gods that I work with mm-hmm. to guide me and keep me present and help me to hear what mm-hmm. needs to be heard mm-hmm. and sort of sink myself into it. Sometimes I have a, an oil... Um, that I got from a fabulous little witchy shop in San Francisco called the Rose and the Sword. Mm. Um, it's their, They make their own blends, and it's a King Solomon oil. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I put that on my third eye, especially if I'm having a day where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do readings today. <laughs> 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 then I put a little bit of that. Right. right. Chip up. We can do this. Right. Right. Um, and then I often... If I have lots of back-to-back readings that day, I'll use Florida water mm-hmm. in between just mm-hmm. to kind of rinse my hands. Mm-hmm. I, I approach it. I was a, a massage therapist for a little while there, and I you always wash your hands right mm-hmm. at the end of a massage. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't always wash my hands at the end of a reading because I don't make that space, but I should. Yeah. You know, so Florida water is like a cheater way to wash my mm-hmm. hands real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when I'm done, I put my cards away, mm-hmm. and I kind of – release what I've been working on. And it's, right. it's nothing formal. It's not a prayer. It's not some fancy thing. It's mm-hmm. just recognition within myself that I'm shutting that switch off mm-hmm. and I'm moving on to other mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. What do you do? Anything special? What do I do? Um, well, you know, it's interesting. I will, before I walk in, I mean, obviously sometimes it's under a fast pace. Yeah. So as I'm walking in, I'm shifting. It's almost like shifting into another level. So it's like I walk, walk, walk. I, I shift, I shift, I shift, and then I walk in and I sit down. And I usually kind of just do one breath, like you've yeah. talked about, at least one. And then I, you know, if I have a headset, obviously I'm trying to put that on. And, and in all of that men, um, menial stuff, yeah. I'm prepping myself to be there. Even if I'm not conscious of everything I'm doing, it's become second nature. Yeah, oh, yeah. and the more you do it, the faster the ritual becomes. Exactly. Yeah. And so once I've done that and I get the cards opened and I, you know, because I will always, like you, at the end I will close my cards. I will, I will, I have a cloth I read on. I will basically put the cloth over the cards yeah. as a way to close the cards. And a lot of times I'll also shuffle them a few yeah. times before I leave to just yeah. pull the energy out. And the same thing is when I'm starting, I will shuffle a few times to make sure I've, I've, you know, fluffed the energies out and we're ready to go. And... You know, as we go along now, obviously, I understand about washing hands. I tend to basically go in and, and, you know, try to run water over my hands or uh, clap or snap my fingers, you know, in some way to clear off the energies. Yeah, it's funny because it's not like we're using our hands to channel or do healing treatments yeah. or anything like that, right, where you would definitely be feeling the energy flow through mm-hmm. your hands. But there is still something about flipping over the cards exactly. and, or picking up the runes or whatever, or mm-hmm. the bones, whatever. Your hands are involved. Yes, your hands are part of yeah. that connection. Yeah. And I know that if I've had, um, if the reading has been difficult or if I'm feeling low on my energy, I'll get my... And, she can attest to this. I'll get my rattle and I'll start rattling, you know, around and over and around and yeah. whatever. Or um, a lot of times we had uh, feathers, the black, the black uh, hen feathers. Right. You know, a swish of that around and kind of throw it off on that. But yeah. you do need to clear the energy off. Yeah. And I, really I've do. become a big fan of Palo Santo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just these little sticks of wood, but it burns like, it's very like sage. It's a South American thing, very mm-hmm. much like sage. But I like it more than sage because sometimes sage gets really intense mm-hmm. and really cloying. Mm-hmm. Do you know it mm-hmm. sticks to you? Mm-hmm. And Palo Santo tends to just give me enough of a refresh and a restart that it clears me out. And what I've noticed interesting about Palo Santo is I really feel it in my heart and throat chakras, mm-hmm. which are the places I feel like I can get hit the most in a reading. Right. Because I do get emotionally invested in my people, mm-hmm. and sometimes I have to say things that are not fun to say. Yeah, you know. So those are the two that I try and nurture the most. Right, right. So um, at this point, I think we'll we will probably take a break. Yep. And then we will come back and we will do our questions. Ask the witch. Yes. We have one reading, one question, and one question slash reading. reading. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll be back. You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Ruler Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Candela's Corner with Candelo Camisa and Michael Carell, Mondays 5 to 7, The Crystal Silas League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7, Bit of Foxy with Madame Naya and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays 6 to 7, The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursday 6 to 7.30, the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Friday 6 to 7, and Liquid Libations with Andrea Western, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curie Company in Forceville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. We back! <laughs> <laughs> 
I've just realized something. We need intro music for our Ask a Witch segment. Oh, yes. We'll have to figure that out. Yes. I'm jotting that down. Wish. We're, we're working on redoing some of our tech stuff. Mm-hmm. So we this is our debut of the Ask a Witch segment, and this is something Elvira and I plan to do like every other month, mm-hmm. every couple weeks. I don't know. We're... We're going to do it often. Often, yes. And if you go to our website, which is witchpriestesscauldron.com, there is a page where you can fill out a question. Mm-hmm. And you can fill out a question if you'd like to have a reading, mm-hmm. if there's some, if you would like a free reading. Now, of course, if this is something you need now, we're not going to do this segment again for several weeks. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, then you contact us yeah. through our regular means. Right. Or, or someone else. Listen on, in, and when we do this again, mm-hmm. put in a different question. Right. So, or if there is just a question about witchcraft, about paganism, about us, that's not too weird. <laughs> yeah, we do have to, to well, kind of, uh, shall we say, step aside on that one. <laughs> too weird is not going to work. Uh, yeah, depending on the question, you know, ask. Ask a witch. That's us. We'll answer it, probably. <laughs> and we have three questions tonight. We had to whittle down our list to just three questions for timekeeping purposes. So if you did write in and your question was not answered, then please write in again. Mm-hmm. We're not going to keep a backlog of old questions. So you will need to write in again and mm-hmm. send us your your question, and then maybe your question will be answered on the next time we do the Ask a Witch segment. So totally cool. Yeah. Yes. All right. You want to t- you want to read our first? Question? I will read our first question. I have a divination question. I recently parted with my coven that I started due to political due to politics. Big shocker there. Yeah, pagans. Pagans. <laughs> and yet I've been pulled. I have been pulled the high priestess card no less than thirteen times in the last two and a half months. I'm considering taking on a student, but I'm not sure I have what it takes to teach. Mm. I know that I'm being told to lead in some fashion, but I'm feeling a bit gun-shy now and hoping for some guidance. So uh, what I do with my clients is what I'm going to do with these readings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, we should pull cards, and we will. Mm-hmm. But there is always something mundane for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, always, I always have an opinion. I can always get on a soapbox. I will always give you uh, an earful, so be prepared. (laughs) Um, I would say you already know the answer to this question. Mm -hmm. We're going to pull some cards for confirmation. Right. But you already know the answer to this question. Um, If you haven't already eyeballed a student or had someone show up who's asking for your help, I would be shocked. No Mm -hmm. doubt there's already someone there. Mm -hmm. And the best teachers are the ones that are skilled and being called to it and are reluctant, mm-hmm. right? Because something else that happens in the pagan world quite a bit is ego. Mm-hmm. And m- managing ego when you want to be seen so badly and you want everyone to know how freaking amazing you are, right. sometimes you can get involved for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. If you are being shown and led to teach and you're reluctant, then you should probably do it. <laughs> However, let's pull, pull cards anyway. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. She's She definitely, you know, at this point, we will now pull cards. So, do you want to go first? Do you want to go first? I don't know. Okay. Um, How many cards are you pulling? I'm pulling three cards for the beginning. Okay. All right. And what I've got, which is kind of like the uh, indicator, yeah. we've got the Queen of Wands, which is her. Mm-hmm. We have the Moon, which is, for my deck, it's the crossroads. It's okay. not just, you know, the normal way of looking at the card is, you know, like, oh, it's illusion and all these things. But this is like she's at the crossroads. What deck are you using, actually? We should it's probably the Witch's Tarot okay. and uh, this particular one has Hecate, believe it or not, mm-hmm. and the... Uh, the moon. Nice. And then the other side is the ten of wands, which is the burden. So uh-huh. she is basically, <laughs> yeah, yes, burdened with the the, the decision, uh-huh. but the, the concern, as she says, she's a bit gun shy. Yeah. And uh, so obviously, the next one would be the level of steps. So I don't know. Do you want to go with your first level? Or do you want me to go through mine? I'll do mine, and then we can go, circle back. 
Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Keeping in mind, we still have two other questions. Yeah, that's, question true. that's true. Although if we don't, we don't. Okay. So the first card I pulled is the seven of pentacles. Mm-hmm. Reaping what you've sown. Mm-hmm. So yes, this coven of didn't work out. You've already put enough energy out there that other things are already growing. Right. Already. Mm-hmm. Now, are you ready for this? Okay. Guess what my second card is? The high priestess. <laughs> Gee. Now, in my deck, I read the Druidcraft deck. Uh-huh. So the High Priestess is, is different than what you would see in a more traditional deck. Mm-hmm. She's very um, tribal, Celtic mm-hmm. tribal, so small and dark with long, dark hair. Mm-hmm. She's standing on a um, a bank of water, mm-hmm. and there are monoliths uh-huh. so next to her, right? Mm-hmm. So it's very um, stonehenge mm-hmm. except, except there's water. Okay. The third card is the wheel. Okay. I think that means turn the wheel and get going. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, there we go. Yeah. Do you want to take it another level? Well, personally, mine is stop looking mm-hmm. at others for an answer. <laughs> Got the four of cups. Yeah. Which is not just others for answers. It means you're looking outside yourself. Mm. And the answer really is... You already, as we've said, know with the Nine of Pentacles, this is a woman in her garden. She is an empowered woman. She has stepped into her power, so it's saying you need to step into your power, and by virtue of doing that, you will become the ruler of what you want out of it, which is you feel led to teach. You will start to give that ability a chance to grow. Yeah. The the other thing I'll say about the three cards I've pulled the wheel in my deck is the goddess Arian Road, who is the, the, the silver wheel of mm-hmm. the sky, the goddess mm-hmm. of the stars, right? Mm-hmm. And she's in a liminal space. She's on the, the shore, so mm-hmm. she's not on the land or the sea. Right. And she's right near the opening of a cave, so she's right. not inside nor outside, all this liminal space. Right. So what I would suggest, because I always love to give homework, is to go to a liminal space. Go to mm-hmm. some place that is neither here nor there, neither this nor that, where you are. If you're looking for guidance or help or information, go to a liminal space, mm-hmm. and you will find the answer. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you do have students that are going to be coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you start with one, and by virtue of doing that, you, you start to learn how to set boundaries. Right. You know, that's another one of our our things that we learn when we start doing work with others is boundaries, whether it's readings or it's teaching. Right. So that's also something to be a part of. But definitely the... the answer is yes, yeah. teach. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, there's something interesting about this question as well that um, they mentioned they've parted from their coven mm-hmm. um, that they started. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how that coven functioned. Were Was this person controlling things or was this person, was it more consensus-based? Was mm-hmm. the coven rotating leadership? Mm-hmm. You know, because if, if this person took their energy and started a coven, then taking that same energy and starting to teach, it's very similar, exactly. right? Exactly. So you already know what to do. It's just taking the steps to do it. And being gun-shy just means that you're not sure, you know, about putting yourself out again and being hurt by things not turning out exactly the way you had anticipated. And as we sort of said earlier, this is about taking and moving forward with things and not the expectations that we have, mm-hmm. we need to keep letting go. It doesn't mean that we won't have them. We're human. Right. Uh, but it means letting those expectations not be so rigid. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I, I hope, hope that helps good. you. Yes. Uh, and we did. We purposely did not include names in the, these readings mm-hmm. um, just to keep people keep people's anonymity. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if that was your question, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> True. But we're not trying to out anyone, you know. We're right. not, no one's getting pulled out of the broom closet on this show, except no. for maybe me and Elvira. That's true, and we've already gone out of the broom closet. Yeah. Way out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, you get Next to go. Question. Next question. Question. What do you think about the portrayal of witches in television and movies? Not the evil per se, but rather the paranormal aspects. Oh wow! Well, evil isn't paranormal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, let's just yes. I mean, I, come on. I love 
Maleficent mm-hmm. with, you know, Angelina Jolie, because what it did was it provided you with a background that was not, this is black and white. Yeah. You know, this had a lot more to go with it. So it's interesting since I did work in theater and right. television and film. Um, I actually think it's um I think it's interesting, and I I have mentioned this before, probably on the radio show, and I've uh-huh. mentioned this in virtually every class I've ever taught. When the movie Thor came out, uh-huh. I knew that Heathenry and Asatru and the, the systems of Norse magic were about to have a, a renaissance uh-huh. because people were interested in Thor. Researching Thor leads you to researching Norse mythology. With It was obvious to mm-hmm. me. And it, and it did happen. I right. watched it happen. In the right. pagan world, all of a sudden, everyone was a heathen. Mm-hmm. Love it. I love right. heathens, right? right? I'm a bit heathen myself. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever it is that brings you into the magic and mystery, mm-hmm. I don't care what it was. If you watched Charmed and you wanted to be one of the sisters, amazing. Mm-hmm. If you saw some scary movie with witches in it and you wanted to be evil and that brought you into it, great. I don't care what it was mm-hmm. because once you get into it, mm-hmm. you're going to sink or swim. You're either right. going to realize, oh, I found my home or, oh, this ain't for me. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. for me, I feel like the more pu- more potential, the more publicity, the more that there could be for right. people to find this as a path, right. the better. Right. And, again, we're going to go, I'm going to go on my soapbox, is that <laughs> she's finally dragging me onto a soapbox. I love soapboxes. <laughs> <laughs> is that one of the things that, I mean, first you start with the television series Charmed and Buffy the Lamb Vampire Slayer. and 20 and reunion, Buffy the Lamb. I know, I know. My Ooh. goodness. And then you go into all the different, you know, movies that have come up about that, whether it's Ghost with Patrick Swayze. and Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch Project. Oh, my goodness. Um, but then you get into the Harry Potter. Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, I am a super fan of Harry Potter shows and books and all of that. But then you get into the concept of being that magic is that way that you say those words and it happens or you get a spell and it's that way and it will perform that thing that you want it to do right then and that right then that second and i think that's the downside sure of what we've seen manifest itself i agree i am ecstatic how how it's opened and broad-based things Mm-hmm. But I also feel that, like anything else, it's like, okay, great, great. Now we got to pull you back down here to a little bit more of a reality check with what really yeah. is. Right, right. And a regular um, life is just that. Exactly. Regular. Exactly. And if we lived Harry Potter's life, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be good. No. It was totally dramatic and scary and terrible. Yeah. You. It, it seems like a good idea. There's a lot of of people who get involved in the craft, I think, from that kind of mm-hmm. mindset, mm-hmm. who are allured by the drama of it. Oh, yes. But it's, you don't want that kind of drama. No, no. <laughs> you'll wind up wondering why everything is falling off of your walls. And, right. You know, you have different things and have, you know, how do you get Big get fat back? No. Big fat no. Yeah. but And you make a valid point. I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I I'm I'm more than ecstatic over the different things they brought. Yeah. You know the films, the television shows, the, the use of paranormal, um, you know, uh, aliens, and everything that you oh, could possibly no, yeah. you know pull from the non-physical to what is out there beyond. No aliens, Alara. No aliens. Aliens. They oh. scare the bejesus out of me. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> and you know. Personally, I'm not even, you know, I actually, I just saw a movie with um, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. I think it's Just Dave. I have never heard of it. I never have heard of it. Now, I was over at my uh, my uh, daughter and her family, and it was a, you know, a family night movie, and they, it was a family, it was a family movie. Yeah. And it was about the little people that are coming in a spaceship that was, Basically, Eddie Murphy. Okay. And it was also Eddie Murphy was the captain of the ship, but, you know, it came from this other planet to need the salt from our ocean, and it would drain the water, and it would take, so they could live, it would do this thing, but they were little. And how 
they came and what happened, and then, of course, out of the whole thing, everybody, you know, they realized they couldn't do that to the planet, and so they they went off and, you know, made friends, but then they left. But it was funny because I was looking at that going, now, why couldn't we think of that? Sure. You know, instead of a little saucer, it's it's a human being walking around, just sure. like men in black. Sure, sure. You know, yeah. but... I don't know. I, I'm not, I, you know, when I say aliens, I'm not thinking of the scary kind. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fire in the sky. That yeah. movie scared me, and I've never recovered. Okay. Well, All right. so we hope that helped, or was at least interesting hearing us babble about witches. And paranormal. Third question? Sure, so darling. We've got, we've got time. Okay. How do I find other people to practice with? Excellent question. Of course. So we were talking about this before the show started. This is a question we could answer with just information, mm-hmm. and we could pull cards. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably do like a little bit of A little of both. There yeah. we go. But I would say it, the hard part is where you're located, and we don't have this information. It wasn't mm-hmm. included in the question. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're located in a place where, um, you know, if you're at the Bible Belt, if you're in a place where being a witch is still going to be frowned upon or dangerous, mm-hmm. then you're going to have less options. And that's unfortunately just the way that it is, right? right. So that's when I would recommend looking online. Mm-hmm. There is lots of community online. There's mm-hmm. lots of community online. And mm-hmm. going to places like Witchbox or Pagan Square or these other um, you know, big PCOC, mm-hmm. big websites mm-hmm. where you can start to read information and and meet people in different chat functions mm-hmm. and these sorts of things where mm-hmm. you know it's not just someone who's trying to take advantage of you or something like that and connecting with the internet, right? Right. If you um, also, if you can travel, if you live in these areas or if you live in highly populated areas, mm-hmm. if you go to places like Witchbox or you search online, mm-hmm. you can find festivals, you can find camps, you mm-hmm. can find events, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Pagan, Paganicon, Convocation, Pantheacon. There's these huge festivals right. that happen in lots of different places around the United States. Mm-hmm. And that's a great place to meet people and try on different types of ritual and all of these right. right. So that's, you know, one way. Mm-hmm. And you can do ritual with people online. It's not the best for me. Mm-hmm. I like to do with people face-to-face. Mm-hmm. But I've done Skype ritual mm-hmm. far away. Mm-hmm. So if you want people to practice with and you're, you don't live in a place where you can easily find people because of, you're going to have more closeted right. things, right. then the Internet's your friend. Right. Now, now, if you live in, like, San Francisco or Chicago or... Seattle or... or yeah, yeah there are larger, larger communities yeah. than find the different stores. Yep. Metaphysical shops. Metaphysical shops. Um, I know that different ones of, in our area, you know, obviously yours, Milk and Honey, and then Serpent's Kiss in Santa Cruz, yep. and uh, Sacred, well, Sacred well in Oakland. All of these are places where you can connect, yep. and they usually have bulletin boards, yep. and they're, you know, you connect with the people, and they start talking to you, and you get to find um, different things you can, you know, work right. with, and the different gatherings for the holidays, yes. for the solstices, the, yes. the equinoxes, the Sabbath. Yeah, public ritual. Public there's, ritual. There's lots of public rituals uh, where you can also try on different traditions. Mm-hmm. You know, there may be a public ritual of a certain tradition and you don't really like it. Mm-hmm. If, if you live in a highly populated area, find another one. Right. You know. And then, you know, some of the things I would say is like the Renaissance fairs. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a way to start finding people because not every person that's in the renaissance uh fairs are pagan no. per se but they know where to find but them. but they know where to find them mm-hmm. and um any counterculture community mm-hmm. is going to have some amount of open witchy people in it right and you know i know that even in the hoodoo uh tradition there are like for instance lucky mojo um a lot of the pagans and and wiccans will go there to buy supplies or things that they can find and so through different people that may work there you can get a little bit of a uh, heads up as to where to go yeah um you know it's it's just 
it's really hard yeah. because we're, yeah. we are not necessarily going to be on the page of your uh, newspaper under uh, different churches, churches uh, <laughs> that we would be having services. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult on that. Yeah. But you, you find, and then maybe you'll find one person that you connect with and you start doing ritual, you start doing things with as right. far as the spiritual practice. And I would say uh, two things. One, it requires being brave mm-hmm. and asking questions mm-hmm. and putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And two, who are you friends with right now? Mm-hmm. Who are you friends with right now that you could say, hey, you want to try to do this ritual thing with me? Yeah. <laughs> or, hey, I want I want to start playing with tarot cards. Could I practice with you, you know, what is it you want to get? Mm-hmm. What is it you want to practice? Mm-hmm. And see if, if you might be surprised. When I started doing this at 15, mm-hmm. I convinced two of my friends to do rituals with me. <laughs> One was a devout Catholic and uh-huh. the other who has become quite atheist and was pretty atheist when we were in high school. But, you know, hey, I want to try this weird thing. Right. Let's try. Right. You know, and see what your friends say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You never know. You might have a coven already, and you just didn't. You were too afraid to ask. Right. <laughs> right. It's it's finding. It's just, and it's true. It's it's looking into your environment and then checking. So I pulled one card. Okay. And I have the seven of cups. Oh. So seven of cups I always hold as illusion. Mm-hmm. So stop looking at this fantasy mm-hmm. of what you expect practice to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't think, oh, it has to be like charmed or it has to be like the craft. Mm-hmm. It has to be this dramatic thing. Mm-hmm. And realize it might not be as big or as exciting or as impressive as, as your dream is, mm-hmm. but there's actually something right next to you. You already right. have the opportunity. You just have to settle for something that's normal and regular. Right. And not something that's big and flash. Right. And I pulled the page of wands, which is a young man, literally, walking the path of adventure. Mm. So it's an adventure. Yes. And like any adventure, you're going to have to start. Yeah. And and as um, Phoenix said, it is probably not the way you think it's going to be. Right. And it kind of goes back to our first question, too, where this person wanted to know about starting teaching, mm-hmm. right? You, if you want to start, if you want to start, or if you don't want to start, at some point you have to start. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to finding other people, you have to start somewhere. Right. And you know, we have one sentence of a question here. We don't have background. We don't know if this person's tried anything already. Right. right. You know, but try. Right. And, and there's lots of spell work you could do too to start drawing the right right, right people to you. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. Well, we not only covered our. Yay. Questions, but we have had a lot of, you know, interactive energy here that we have shown different ways to look at yeah. what divination really represents. Yeah. You know, prophecy is, is you know, the prophecies, the visions, the the aspects of that nature yeah. is channeling. And with that, we're at time. We're at time. So Thank next you. week we have altars. altars. Yay, yes. my favorite. Yes. Well, one of my favorites. One of the favorites. I have many favorites. <laughs> well, we hope for those of you who wrote in, thank you so much, and we hope we helped a little bit. And if you wrote in and your question was not answered, please write in again. Definitely. We'll do this again. And yes, we will. Probably next month or something. I think so. Yeah. yeah. All right. Have a good week. Happy Friday. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. 
Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.